0: Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. Want to do a podcast? Actually, I think it's time we sync up with someone else. I'm Mish from Transworn with Mish, and welcome to Sync Ups with Psychochats, Chats, a space for women to be educated, empowered, and inspired. On this episode, we will be discussing one of my all-time favorite topics and elements of coaching, which is self-empowerment. So in this episode, I really want to help you with gaining a better understanding of what self-empowerment is and what I believe is often misinterpreted. And we're going to look at important elements and tools that you can start using and that will leave you feeling loved, confident, and empowered. So I'm sure you already follow empowerment accounts on social media, or at least have an idea of what self-empowerment may be about. As an empowering coach, it is important for me to educate you about what actually empowerment is and what may look like it on the surface, but when explored more, it becomes just another condition, label, or box you should fit into. And this is really where I see a lot of women that come to me struggling, not knowing how to be their own best friend, how to support themselves, how to show up in a way that serves them and their feminine core energy, and most importantly, how to become selfful and attentive to their needs and own every decision they make for themselves without feeling guilty or afraid they might upset someone, which is something that I often see in my clients. Guilt, shame, And submission are quite the words that really dominate our upbringing. As women, we are taught to cater to others' needs, to put ourselves second, and we are made to believe that we shouldn't trust our judgment or intuition because we have hormones and periods and when we have periods we're emotional which must mean that we can't be emotional in any other circumstance and crazy don't forget crazy and too much and you should most definitely not ask for affection and express your needs because it's just too much and no one cares (laughs) i I really hope you can pick up on my sarcasm here because the point I'm trying to make is to show you all the ridiculous labels we've learned to attach to ourselves. And you know, we've been really carrying these labels around since we were children, which then turned to very strong core beliefs, in some cases our identity, which almost definitely led some of you to feel like that's the truth for you. So my job is to show you that whatever you have convinced yourself that you should be and should do as a woman is a bunch of nonsense and a baggage that can be dropped. And if I continue using the analogy of the baggage, I want you to imagine yourself as a five-year-old and imagine that someone comes from your family and brings a gigantic empty bag and tells you to keep it and carry it everywhere you go for the rest of your life. So this gigantic bag becomes a part of you. However, as you go through life, people around you and the entire society start adding things into the bag. Things like opinions, beliefs, expectations, beauty standards, body image trends, that change every five to 10 years. And most importantly, gifts of patriarchy are flying into the bag, left, right, center. And so with time, you get too used to this. Now, very heavy, gigantic bag being such an important part of you that you actually forget it exists and how it impacts you, shapes you as a woman. One of my favorite quotes that has stacked with me ever since I read the book Untamed by Glenn Doyle goes something like, women forget who they are the moment they learn how to please others. And it was so powerful for me at that time because it really... Resonated because it was true. And I'm pretty sure if it resonated with me, it will resonate with you because it really describes how we have been treating ourselves just so that we gain validation from others. And so my goal is to show you how to bring yourselves back to your core. I'm just wondering, what do you imagine the word empowerment? What makes you feel empowered? Because the beautiful thing about this is that. There is no right or wrong answer. And if I could actually have your answers now, every single one of you would say something else. But whatever makes you feel empowered will however meet specific needs and values which you will have in common, which is freedom and confidence and commitment to yourself and especially inner trust. And so anything opposite to that, anything that leads you to questioning yourself and doubting yourself, feeling ashamed or inferior and makes you suppress parts of you that you've learned to believe there is something wrong with them will be extremely disempowering to the point of creating a disconnection between you and your core self. And whether you are going to come back to this episode again or not, I'd like to invite you to make a note for later to explore and reflect on anything that might have made you feel disempowered in the past or in present. And I want you to be curious. Ideally, take a piece of paper, try to work with one event at a time, really asking yourself, how did it leave you feel? The reason why this is important is because more than often we are so stuck in situations and experiences without actually realizing the emotional impact of them on us. Because once again, we have learned so well to not trust ourselves and to ignore our intuition, which is such an important and natural power we have as women. So once we start looking at these experiences and disconnections, almost immediately, we will be able to see the one thing they have in common without an exception, and that is the word should. I shouldn't be upset. What's wrong with me? I should have not messaged him so quickly. Oh my God, why do I always do that? I shouldn't be dressed like this. I don't want them to think I'm easy. I shouldn't eat anymore. What if and fill in the blank. Whichever of these resonated with you, perhaps some more than others, I'm sure they left you feeling certain way. Well, congratulations. This is what disconnection feels like. You'll get to learn that I really dislike the word should and shouldn't. And this is because they are very problematic for us as women in a great volume. We think it all the time, which is why becoming aware of this is the very first step towards reaching more self-empowerment. And so by this point, if you don't practice journaling, I cannot encourage you enough to start, especially if you feel pulled towards the feeling of freedom and self-trust. And if you are tired of constantly doubting yourself and hating yourself for what you are not and what you should be. Well, that's at least how I felt the first time I got asked to implement it into my routine. I very vividly remember being like, you want me to write my feelings in a book? Ew. <laughs> it really makes me laugh because it's quite funny how journaling now became an inevitable and really non-negotiable element of my life that brings so much clarity and reassurance and comfort into my mental and emotional health. And journaling does not only provide you with the space and time for reflection, and if coaching is out of your budget, this is a great place to start. You can pay attention especially to the thoughts such as, I feel like I should or shouldn't, especially if it's in a contrast with something that you actually want to do or feel authentically. The shift that allows you to step from a place of disempowerment and doing and being things that you think you should do and be lies in the ability to understand and start meeting your own needs compassionate and encouraging self-talk and enjoyment in doing things for yourself without needing anyone's approval or company when you start learning these habits and behaviors and learn to implement tools of compassion and self-love and self-care you will start feeling so connected to yourself like never before. And so to understand your needs, you have to start paying attention to your feelings. And I've already mentioned this in a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to them yet, I highly encourage you to give them a listen first and come back. But essentially you can learn to tune in by bringing mindfulness into your daily life. Mindfulness won't solve all your problems, but it will shine light on dark clouds hovering over your head which may be causing you understanding what's happening for you. Very difficult to impossible. All your needs stem from how you feel and how you want to feel or any voids you may be experiencing. So for example, you may be experiencing sugar cravings when it comes to the end of the day, not understanding why and being unable to resist, right? Now, this is a coping mechanism. Unlike the fitness industry, which has convinced you, you should just control yourself more. Behind this coping mechanism can be anything from challenging and difficult emotions, such as loneliness or anxiety or tiredness that are not being addressed directly. So whilst you may give in and inhale the whole bar of chocolate, not only you are thinking, I just want to feel better as soon as possible. But it also distracts you from what's really going on underneath the surface, which is addressing those emotions and your needs for either connection or reassurance or getting some rest and essentially holds you in the disempowerment. So it's not only important to start paying attention to how you feel, also what you think you may need in that moment. And there's a very simple way of how you can explore that. And that is by asking yourself, what do I need? Say you realize you feel lonely and you ask yourself, What do I need? What is it that you need the most in that moment? Is it a connection with yourself? Have you been neglecting yourself lately, perhaps? Or is it connection with others? Could you reach out to someone close to you and have a chat? Whatever that is, by naming your needs, you are taking responsibility and ownership of the situation instead of becoming a victim of unmet needs that project into unhelpful and self-destructive patterns of habits and behavior such as emotional eating, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, These steps are example of acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a behavior approach with one final and perhaps the most important step, which is the commitment part. And by committing to act on meeting your needs, you start breaking away from the self-destructive and disempowering cycle. As your response to unmet needs changes and you replace it with something helpful or long lasting and something that reaches below the surface into the root of your voids. Last but not least, most important part of self-empowerment is self-talk and the way you treat yourself. And this is often easier said than done because this step, as you can imagine, is about the way you speak to yourself and treat yourself in situations that are challenging, in which you are imperfect or make a mistake. And the reason why may be easier said than done is because this is often a part of our subconscious mind and it's not available to our consciousness. So we may not even be aware of doing something or saying something to ourselves that may be extremely harmful and hateful. This empowering or unhelpful self-talk that often projects to our behavior and self-treatment stems from our core beliefs. Core beliefs we learned about ourselves and adopted as our truth. For example, if I learned as a child that I always have to perform well at school, otherwise my parents get upset with me, I also learned through that that when I do not perform well, I'll make a mistake, I'm not good enough because of the response and because of the association. And my self-talk may then sound something like, oh my God, why am I so useless? I keep screwing things up. Why am I like this? And that's not very kind. And this does not only confirms what I already believe about myself, which is that I'm not good enough. And it's very unkind, but it also happens as a habit that I'm not aware of. And that may then lead me to even more punishment, which can be either verbal or through a chain of more habits and behavior that are not good for me, such as emotional eating or procrastination or not allowing myself to experience pleasure. And so what I would like to invite you to start practicing is not only paying attention to how you think and feel and talk about yourself, but also how you respond to yourself when you are not perfect and when you make a mistake or when your behavior results into unwanted outcome. What are the thoughts that pop up for you? What do you feel? Do you feel angry or upset, frustrated, or maybe even resentful of yourself? And what behaviors do you notice falling into in those situations? Changing this takes conscious effort in reframing your thoughts and beliefs you may have about yourself so think about how you could talk to yourself in a more supportive empowering and encouraging way how would you talk to a friend if they were facing those experiences how would you talk to a child if they made a mistake start being curious and explore what happens if you change just one sentence to something that makes you feel more seen and loved and accepted even when you are not perfect and see what happens thank you so much for joining me today and if you enjoyed today's episode please let us know on the cyclochats instagram at cyclochats or dm me directly at twm underscore coaching in a final episode with me you can look forward to learning more about post-traumatic growth and different perspectives on healing so bye for now and we hope you sync up with us next time